Hey everyone, welcome to the Breakthrough Breakdown. In this podcast, we'll be breaking down the sermon from the previous week, diving into theological discussions, and even having some fun. Make sure to join us every Wednesday on Spotify, Apple Music, and download our Zion Lutheran Church app for more updates. And with that, we hope you enjoy the Breakthrough Breakdown. Welcome to the Breakthrough Breakdown. I'm Jason. I'm Kate. Oh, Sean. <laughs> I, got, I, I mean, you say, no, you, you got to pay attention. Next, I was, it was pointing at you. And I'm Jennifer. Hey, so uh, we are we are coming to the home stretch of Galatians. We got, only got a few weeks left. And uh, we're in Galatians 5. Okay, okay. So this sermon read-through was super fun today. We actually got off on a lot of tangents. Yeah. But they weren't really tangents. They were tangents. They were I more think. experiences. Okay. So we're coming into sermon read-through. And, and here's the idea. Sunday... Because again, for those of you listening online, uh, we do the sermon, we do the, the podcast right after sermon, read through the week, a couple days before the sermon. So things obviously change, right? Um, but this week, we're actually talking about what the Spirit-filled life looks like. But in order to get into that, we had to talk about the Holy Spirit. All right. So we're going to start off with the big question. Here we go. Ready? <laughs> what has been your perception or the way that you've understood the Holy Spirit? Like... And wow. it can be fun, it can be funny, it can be serious, whatever you want it to be. What has been your perception of the Holy Spirit? I feel like for a long time I didn't know there was a Holy Spirit. Oh, interesting. So not and not in the form of like, well, yeah, like, okay, you see the Spirit <clears throat> of God and but like the fact that it and you talk about being part of the Trinity. So that awareness, but not really any level of importance or any equality within the Godhead or um, being God himself, like, all, and like really the, the, the level and the power, I don't think so I So the focus understood. was on the father and the son. Yes. And primarily the son. Primarily the son. But, but, but weird then. uncle. <laughs> that weird, weird uncle. The weird uncle spirit. Okay. So last Sunday, this is a tangent, but last Sunday you said that from the pulpit, you said the weird uncle, the Holy Spirit, which I think is a funny saying. And my daughter <laughs> looked over to me and she goes, we don't talk about Bruno. <laughs> <laughs> That's from Encanto, right? It is surpassing. It surpassed Let It Go, and it is, like, like about to surpass, um, can you feel? Why? Ooh. Yeah, I know. That might be a controversial topic. I know. It's it's almost surpassing it. I tried to watch the movie. I got, like, I got an hour into it, and then I fell asleep. (gasps) What? I I haven't watched it either. There's no excuse. Okay, but can I just say, I thought it was... (laughs) Funny can, can you and... bet a people listening, like, what are they talking about? We're talking about the Disney movie Encanto. Encanto. Yes. Encanto. 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 And I haven't Spanish. seen it, so I can't talk more about it, but I just thought it was funny that my daughter took really the Holy Spirit and connected it to Bruno. Yeah, because yeah. 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 we don't talk about the Holy Spirit. I'm yeah. not talking about Bruno. <laughs> <laughs> that is cute. That is, okay. So, Sorry. and people are like, okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but this is, the, this is the podcast. This is what, we're the, this is what we do. All right, uh, your experience. So for you, you didn't. The Holy Spirit was the, like Bruno. The Holy Spirit, you didn't talk. Yeah. I'm talking about Bruno Mars, the singer, oh, for a no, second. That's no. what I'm saying. I, Bruno Encanto. I yeah. I think for me, it was like not that he wasn't there, but just was he? You know, like yeah. Who is this thing? It's just it's something you say at the end of a tag, like a tagline. The name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Like yeah. it's the end of the thing. You just let it run. It doesn't really matter if it's there or not. Okay. How how about you guys? What is it? I think I was really blessed. There's sometimes where it feels like a curse that I didn't grow up in the church and sometimes where it feels like a blessing. And I think in this instance, it feels like a blessing. And I had pre-Jesus days, my BC, before Christ days, 
I think I had this idea of the Holy Spirit in the context of like the only good thing about Christians. Where it's like, oh, at least they have some <laughs> spirituality. Oh, like yeah. I so equated you, Holy Spirit with spirituality. spirituality. That's of, like yeah. that's the yeah. only thing that really like redeemed them. Not Jesus, not God the Father, who's like the kid on the anthill burning ants, you know, and Jesus who's like just a guy. The Holy Spirit was the spirituality aspect of this like hippie, Reiki, you know, crystal loving Kate. Katie Evans. But like, so I always after, forget that your last name was Evans. Yeah, I do too sometimes. Sorry, I'm, I'm breaking things. Um, <laughs> and then finding Jesus and having this understanding of like, okay, what is it? What is this Trinity really? And like, how do you how do you hold them equally? How do you conceptualize them equally as persons in your head? How do you understand that? And I didn't really have to like deconstruct any ideas, but I'm still constructing my ideas. So yeah. now where it's like, I know there's so many illustrations and all of them fall short, but one that really does help me try to understand the best is like water. I know we've talked about it. It's not accurate. Don't come for me. But it's like water, oh, ice, and oh, Patrick. I know we've talked about this. But it's the water, the ice, and the steam where it's like, okay, that's easy for me to try to wrap my head around, you know, and we talk about it sometimes where it's like, you can't see the wind, but you can be moved by it. You know, like these, one of the things that helps me the most is doing children's ministry and talking about the Holy Spirit so freely in kids ministry. We're very, I'm a loosey goosey like director. I don't, I'm not real tight in the box of how we teach and what we do. Very, I leave a lot of room for the spirit and we are a very spirit led curriculum spirit like teaching. We try to be. be, I'm going to say we are. No, I'm just kidding. We try to be. Um, We try to be. um, And I'm sorry, I totally lost my train of thought. (laughs) Choo-choo. But anyway, I think that gives me a a, a deeper understanding of still building, understanding that you can't really understand it helps me. And I'm still working on understanding. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. Yeah. Yeah. There's a video, which maybe we should link in our show notes, the Patricks that's uh, on the Trinity. Because the truth is there is no accurate, there's no, there's no adequate illustration that doesn't break down somewhere. Even the one I did on Sunday of Neapolitan ice cream, that, that actually falls into what's called partialism, is that God is, these three things have to come together to form God, mm. yet that's not accurate either. <laughs> and no matter what we do, the water illustration... Uh, the that's uh, egg. Eggs. Ill- I mean, all those things. And that's because God is a mystery. But there's a really funny video, a Lutheran satire video that actually has these two Irish brothers who are talking to St. Patrick in like the 15th century, 14th, 13th century, I think it is. And they ask him about the Trinity. And every time he tries to describe it, it's really funny. So maybe we'll link it in the show notes because it's a really funny video. But you're right, Kate. There's no, ad- there's no adequate way to describe the Trinity that doesn't fall short because it's meant to be mysterious. How about you, Sean? What? What's been your experience? Uh, it changed. So, like, when I was a kid, like, the, like the spirit was just something, like, that was mentioned in prayers or something like that. Written in the South. But then uh, when I got older and, like, this, like, new movement of, um, of like, spirit-led worship was really being uh, introduced. I, in my opinion, I think it was introduced to the South. Cause I think, I think it probably started in the West coast and then it got to the South or the East coast later. And, um, and so like, then it changed to the spirit is something that is active and it's something that is moved, that is moving 
like a and, force. Yeah, well, like you know, literally like wind blowing a tree down or something. But it's just like, but at the same time, there was still a divide of um, a huge divide of oh, the spirit is moving and. Uh, you have the gifts of the spirits, and like, and I, I, like you can have all these gifts from the spirit. And then there's, uh, and the people are like, oh, like the Holy Spirit's real, but he's just there. And yeah. it's like, well, not, sounds like a boring job to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> so that's just sitting there. That is, that brings up an interesting <laughs> thing because a lot of times um, the spirit is connected with worship music. Mm-hmm. Music, that's Mu- all it and is. It, usually it's a deep connection, as if that uh, singing hymns in a liturgical service can't be spirit led. Mm. As if the spirit led means it just kind of goes wherever. And that actually comes from a text where it says the spirit blows where it wants to. But it's a misunderstanding. The intention is not that when we lead worship, it's just we can go wherever we want to. That's spirit led as opposed to what happens on a Sunday morning in a traditional church is not spirit led. This The whole intention of when it says the spirit leads where it wants to is that you don't know how God's going to move. God does what he wants. The spirit will break out in some places and, and not in others. And we don't always understand. And that work of it. So I, I actually kind of had a little bit of all of yours, I think, were kind of my experiences as well, very similar. Uh, first, again, at the First Baptist Church, became a Christian going into high school. And the spirit for me was that part that we said at the end of the prayer. But I always thought of the spirit as this disembodied thing, like a force. Or Doctor Strange. Yeah. <laughs> when he, when, or when, when God shakes it to his he's like, oh, what is this? <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Well, and, our, even, and I think even like the yeah. side of it is like the spirit was the power of Jesus because even the scriptures mm. say that. Mm. Um, and yet when we read the Bible, the Bible points the spirit as a person. It describes him as a he. I was actually wrongly taught that, that the spirit was the feminine side of God was the, mm. Uh, to make God equal, you had to have a female and a male. And yet when the Bible describes it, the pronoun used is he. And it's not because of gender. It's not talking about body parts. Um, but the, when Jesus describes the spirit, he says he, just as the father is a he. And again, it's not meant to be patriarchal. Some people want it to be. Why? I'm, I don't know. I don't, I don't know why that particular pronoun is used. But what we do see is that the spirit is a person. And I think one of the, the critical things in this is that the Spirit is a person. He is not an expression of Jesus or the Father. Um, that he is an individual, not in the sense of body, like the illustration, and I don't know if I'm going to use it on Sunday or not, but let's say Sean loses his arm. Is he less of a person? No, because personhood is not determined by how much body you have. It's A person is based upon their will, their ability to think, <clears throat> to reason, to have volition. And the idea of personhood in the Bible of the Spirit is that the Spirit is an individual from Jesus, from the Father. And so we we look at the person of the Holy Spirit, and I think part of the reason why it's so hard for us to comprehend, going back to Kate's thing, or actually it might have been yours, I don't remember which now, is we attach personhood to a physical being as if the Spirit has to be a separate person. We can picture a Father, but when I say picture the Father, what comes to mind for you? Earthly dad. Yeah, it's usually an earthly dad or some old guy with a beard. And yet the Bible tells us that the father is a spirit. So then what's, if you have the, the father who's a spirit, Jesus who became flesh, but before that was spirit because God is spirit. And then the Holy Spirit who is spirit. So wait, they're all three spirits, but one has a title. A uh, friend and mentor of mine, Mike Bradley, actually says Holy Spirit is his name. So he doesn't say, I don't say the, the. Jennifer, mm-hmm. I just say Jennifer. When we put the word the, we're, we're actually now defining him by what he is, as opposed to just saying Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. 
And the first time I heard him say this was at a conference, an LCMC conference about a year and a half ago. He did a teaching on it and he said, and you know, when Holy Spirit moves and every part of it, no, you're supposed to say the, because <laughs> yeah. that's, that's how we've always interpreted uh-huh. it. But it's, I like that because it makes us think of the, because he's a, then it gives him a, a personhood. That, that's the name. Yeah. And right. and the Bible has many names for the Holy Spirit, advocate, counselor. the power of God, counselor, but even Jesus is called the great counselor. I mean, so no wonder it's confusing. Yeah. When you think about the work of the Holy Spirit, and, and we're going to get more into this in the coming weeks, but um, how do you picture the Holy Spirit's role in the life of the believer? I mean, you know, you grew up, Jennifer, not knowing the Holy, not even talking about it. And now we talk quite a bit about it, that role of it. Um, Kate, when you think about it, Sean, when you think about this role of the Holy Spirit, what do you think the Holy Spirit does in our life? How does that, how does it, I hate to use this word because it's loaded, it's a charged word. How does it manifest? <laughs> Like it's such, it's such a charged word, but how does the spirits work in you? What's the evidence of that? How do you, do you get what I'm saying? It's kind of a weird question. Yeah. No, I really, I had a really great conversation with Pastor Derek before when we talk about like the spark of belief that you have, the reason why you can and do accept Jesus Christ is a part of the work of the Holy Spirit and moving in you even before it, like the Holy Spirit works and moves in and around and through non-believers. Yeah. And we see that in scripture. And I would not have came to this church a second time because the first time I got turned away and just because I, the meeting got uh, rescheduled and I had to reschedule that meeting and come a second time. I think back like, why? Why would I have done that? Why? Mm-hmm. Like, what was at work in me then that I just knew? I just knew I had to come here and I was receptive to that. And you can absolutely, I love that you said in your message that the Holy Spirit, you know, you said all these things that kind of like, not humanized, but personified the Holy Spirit. And it was that it, you can reject it, Yeah. you know, and that means that it's working in you. If it's something that you can reject, that means that it's something that you can accept, yeah. that you can walk in. We were talking about that. So I think of like these, like, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm probably saying all of this wrong, but like these nudgings, these these things that you just kind of know without knowing. You know, that was one thing, one of your classes you used to teach on a Wednesday, and it was Dorothy Lundgren, who used to be, before she retired from the position, but the head of the, the Lutheran Women's um, mm-hmm. Circle or the, I can't remember. Zion Women. The Zion Women, thank you. ZLWC or whatever it's called. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what the C is. Club or what? Well, yeah, something. Anyway, anyway, I'm so sorry if you're listening out there. But anyway, Dorothy, we were talking about like how do you know these things, and we're talking about the Holy Spirit is kind of like GPS for a roadmap. And she's and she said this thing that was like so simple and profound. She said, "I just know it in my knower." <laughs> in said, my knower, you know, I, my knower. Right, knower. and it was like you just kind yeah. of in, inherently have this God-shaped hole in you that the Holy Spirit fills. Your knower knows. You know? <laughs> what it made me think of is in Spider-Man when he says he gets the spider. The, you get the, the tingling. Yeah, it's like a spider sense. Yeah, spidey sense. Well, but even in that, so that, but that, we actually talked about that because how do you actually know it's the Holy Spirit? Yeah. Because there are times when like, I have felt like the Holy Spirit. I remember, <laughs> this is so funny. I remember I went up to somebody and I felt like the Holy Spirit gave me a word for this person. And I'm like, so I share this word and I go, and, and I learned, one of my pastors taught me a long time ago. Never say God told me because mm. the minute you say the word God told me, you can't be wrong because God is mm. never wrong. You can say, I feel like God told mm-hmm. me or I feel like the spirit, but you always have to leave room for the possibility that maybe it wasn't the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Maybe it's just you. 
So I get this word that I think is so profound that I'm convinced is the Holy Spirit. And I go, so does that mean anything? And he goes, nope. <laughs> <laughs> but everything inside of me, I was so certain that it was a word from the Lord. And they just looked at me like, that means absolutely nothing. Are you sure? Like, and then I started seeking, like, uh, maybe it's something else. Nope. <laughs> That's funny. But here's the thing. I was trying to be obedient. but Well, and the yeah. thing is, it could still have been the work of the Holy Spirit just in you. Maybe it was just, like are you willing to look like a fool? Are you willing to look like a fool? Are you willing to be obedient with the thing and then, or, or I'm trying to teach you humility. I'm trying to teach you that not everything that comes from you is from me. Yeah. Or, like, it could or should just, be said. Yeah. Or, or should could be said. Have, well, so that's another wise thing is just because you feel like the Spirit's saying something to you doesn't mean the Spirit's telling you that you should say it. So. Yeah, man. And, and that re- can be so hurtful. I've, I've yeah. personally been hurt by people who have received word. Yeah. And it's really hard to discern that. Well, I, so, and I, I wrote this down when I was studying for this, and, and maybe I'll put it in on Sunday, but. The same spirit who gives you words also should shut you up. Because mm-hmm. if the only thing that the spirit does is tell you what to say, it means it's a one-sided view of the spirit. Sometimes we need to listen to the spirit and the spirit says, you don't need to talk right now. You need to trust that I'm going to do it. Yeah. And and that's something that's been a challenge for me in my life. And and we actually, even in Sermon Read Through, as we were talking through our experience with the Holy Spirit, and honestly, without going into all details, it got a little charged because all of us have had some positive and negative experiences with People, people, mm-hmm. not Jesus, but with people who misinterpret the Holy Spirit. And we started getting into and this and this and this and this. And and I felt like in that moment, I was like, just because we've had that, it wouldn't be wise to share that. Because at what point are we actually helping? Or are we just mm-hmm. venting? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I'm guilty of that. Mm-hmm. And so that's, I think that's a good one. Um, <clears throat> the role of the Spirit in sealing, I think the language of the Holy Spirit. And again, this is why we talked about it, why it's so difficult. It's weird concepts. Like we can't visualize the Holy Spirit. We can't really comprehend the Holy Spirit because it doesn't, it's not a tangible thing for us. The closest thing we get are its emotions. And even Sean, when you said like the wind, even the word, the words for spirit in Greek and Hebrew are connected to breath and storms and wind and power And so it's no wonder. So when Paul then in Galatians talks about this spirit-filled life, obeying the spirit, it's no wonder so many of us struggle with it because it is, it's so, it's so not a natural thing. Like so we can comprehend the father because. Because we all have fathers. And whether or not you know them or not. Whether or not you know them. Or you know people who have fathers. Biologically, biologically you have a father. So like I never met my dad, but I've seen dads. Yeah. I know I had a dad. Uh, Jesus, his son, I can comprehend the Jesus, even though I tend to want to make him look more like me than anybody else. But the spirit is just a weird thing. So when it talks about when Paul says Jesus came to give us freedom in Christ so that we can walk in the spirit who makes us like Christ. It's no wonder we struggle with this. Okay. Let let me, let me flip it on the other side. What's been a time that you really felt like, and, and it was affirmed that the Holy Spirit was actually doing something in you and maybe encouraged you or, or brought growth or something along that lines i can share an experience i just had here so uh you're I welcome through the oh, <laughs> yeah, <where are> you? <laughs> uh, so i went through the kairos moment with jennifer and because there was something that i was wrestling with for about a year now and I th- and like um then when i finally went through the moment uh and like reflected and repented and you know new belief and my plan and stuff like that accounting and like now seeking the accountability so whenever so like this past sunday 
um, I I was scheduled to leave, and I decided to step back, and um, and I and I put Jaden in my spot. So those songs that, um, so like we praise you, Holly worship was songs that were that like I knew that needed to be sung, but I didn't. But like, so, but like. There, there was something that came. Was like I don't need to leave these songs, and so I sat back and I was like, I'm just gonna play piano, MD, and I'll music direct for those of you who don't uh, yeah, know the so, lingo. Yeah. Sorry. So it, and if and and like and I, whenever that happened, the piece during rehearsal on, on Thursday night, just was just like not like nothing else because I was like, this is this is what. This is what the band needed. This is what I needed, and like obviously, it was affirmed for what happened on Sunday. Yeah, God did some pretty from, cool stuff this last Sunday. So like from like seeing the spirit move, and like people were like, "Oh, worship was awesome," and it's just like, and like, um, but like it wasn't me. I mean, I was obedient from, to the spirit from hearing the voice of God. Like, hey, you know, let me move, yeah. and um. Took you out of your position in comfort. Yeah, it, it's weird though, because like I'm actually more comfortable as a music director, or like running sound and I'm leading. Like it's harder for me to lead. Yeah. Um, but but because of the position I'm at at Zion, compared in the past, like my job is to lead. But it's just like, but like, um, in that moment, under the spirit was affirming me that. That, that like this past Sunday and maybe even more Sundays to come is that maybe that leadership looks like me um, yeah. facilitating the people, the band. And so like, so he can move no matter where I'm at. Yeah. And well, the- and to affirm that I'll tell you, like my primary job is to preach. That's my, that's my primary responsibility is to be the primary preacher teacher. And sometimes it's not uncommon for pastors while well, I'm on vacation or I'm going to be gone. So I'm going to have somebody else preach. There are times, and I'll, I'll use Jennifer as an example. I remember, and I think it was actually Galatians, when as I was looking through, I felt like the Lord was saying, Jason, this isn't your message to preach. This is this is, this is is Jennifer, or I remember there was one that Kate, I was like, this is a message for Kate. I wasn't because I was gone. It wasn't because I was still in the audience. I was still in the congregation. I almost said audience as if it's going to perform. <laughs> so. It's such a habit to do. Yeah. But there's that time in true leadership, and I think this is part of what the Holy Spirit does, mm-hmm. and this goes back to what we talked about in the sermon. True leadership is about faith expressing itself in love. And sometimes the best way I love, even my community as a leader, is by stepping aside and letting other people lead. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you, like, there have been times, and Jennifer, you know, there have been words that you brought that not only did you bring them differently than I did, but you brought exactly what the church needed in that moment. And, and that actually shows a confident leader. Sure. Leading a church doesn't mean you do everything. Just like Jesus, Jesus came to serve. Servant leader. Yeah, and I love that even Jesus said, listen, you're going to do even more things than I did. Yeah, yeah. And and sadly, too much of American church, because we're so personality driven, we think it's about the person, not what the person is trying to accomplish. And sometimes the best thing we can do, and I believe this is the Holy Spirit, is to get out of the way. Yeah, yeah. Because God doesn't need Jason Miller. God doesn't need Jennifer. God chooses us. He chooses to use yeah. us. And our job and you just said something interesting, Sean, is that I think some churches, when you say my job is to lead, well, we have to redefine that leadership mm-hmm. doesn't mean that you're always the mm-hmm. person in front. And yeah. sometimes the best way you lead is from behind. And I think that's, that is how the spirit, 
okay, this is interesting. Maybe that's why the spirit, we can't comprehend them. Because it forces us, the spirit is that unknown, that unseen thing that we can't picture who is actually the power, the source of the power. We can picture the father, we can picture the son, but the spirit is that unseen thing that comes behind, alongside of, that isn't as tangible. Maybe that's the beauty of the spirit. Yeah. I had a really cool experience yesterday. We did our, our yesterday, Thursday, today, the day that we are recording. But Wednesday Night Z Kids did Project PJ, where we partner with Joppa Outreach out of Des Moines uh, here in Iowa. And we talk about homelessness because it's, a, a, it's I think it's Acts 9, verse 36 or something like that, where it talks about Joppa, the port city. And in Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha, and she had spent all of her time giving to the needy and helping the poor. That's where Joppa gets their name. And we talked about that in, in kids church last night at Z Kids. And we talked about um, Matthew 25, where he's separating the sheep from the goats. What you've done for the least of these is what you've done for me. And we talked about, I think it's Matthew 18, we talked about um, the, sh- the shepherd that has a hundred sheep. And if one goes off, he'll leave the 99 to go after the one. And how much more he celebrates for that one than the nine that are doing, the 99 that were doing what they're supposed to. We talked about that. And like, raise your hand if you have a safe, warm place to go tonight. You're, you're part of that 99. Like, let we can be a part of chasing down the one. Yeah. We can do that. And you're, and you're not too little. No, Holy Spirit Junior, you can, you can do this with the work of the Spirit, right? We're talking about that. We go to Z Youth Worship after kids. I go to. And, I, and I, I'm able to really worship at Z Youth. And I just stand in the back like the weird old lady that I am. <laughs> and they did um, Reckless Love. And it talks about the 99 and chasing down the one with a reckless love. And I was like, wow, that's so cool. We, I didn't know that that's what they were going to do. And, and I love how the spirit connects mm-hmm. this. And I had a good friend of mine, Reagan Stephan, came over and she said, hey, I just felt like you needed to hear that you were a beloved daughter mm-hmm. and you were so loved by me and by God. I just wanted to tell you that. And I was like, wow, thank you. I was really feeling the worship. And we were standing next to each other and singing and worshiping together. And it was just this beautiful moment. And she was like, yeah, I felt really moved. I'm reading this book about the 99 and the one, and it just really touched me. And I was like, isn't this incredible, this giant web of the Holy Spirit, how it all connects separate but same, separate together. Like when you look Mm -hmm. at the trim of a door and how perfectly it sits together, we're like, Mm -hmm. that's the top piece, that's the side piece. Unless it's the trim I did at my house. Not not. Pastor Jason's a perfect (laughs) trim, not an earthly trim. (laughs) But it was just, it was so macro, so huge to my head where I was like, wow, Holy Spirit, you are incredible. Yeah. He brings those connections. And it's those little fine details yeah. that could be missed by so many. But if you're, like, if you're attuned yeah. to it, you see it and you're like, what? That's, That's amazing. That's yeah. incredible. Well, and you, yeah. How about you, Jennifer? Have you had those moments where you've seen the Holy Spirit and the fruit of the evidence afterwards where it just felt like? Yeah. I mean, I, you guys were talking about leading and stepping aside. Well, recently at Sisterhood, I... <laughs> Two two sisterhoods ago, I didn't have my message done. And uh, Kate actually came up to me and she's like, how are you feeling? And I'm like, honestly, I just have the peace of God. I could sit down and God's word will still do what God's word wants to do. The spirit will still move. And that night, Joni had, uh, Joni Irwin, she had said, I I feel like, I feel like the Lord's laying something upon my heart to say. Um, And so she said it and it moved, like women needed to hear it. And then this last sisterhood, we did a panel. I did like the thing. Each of them brought something to each different woman in that room. Right. And like, that's the power of the Holy Spirit. That yeah. if, if I get up and I say something, fine, it might, it might do something. 
it's God's word if it does anything. But then like, oh, what Kate said affected one woman. What And what yeah. Kayla said affected one woman. And what Jen said affected, like, that's incredible. That's through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I can remember a particular time this summer, we did a bonfire and we were, we were going to do a woman uh, a woman's worship. And I really felt like the Lord was saying, it was amazing because as a leader, as someone who has a team, like, I think the most beautiful thing is when they're doing ministry and you get to sit back and, and, and be the one who's attuned to the Holy Spirit. They're, they're, they're bringing the ministry. Yeah. Your job is to sit back and with, open your eyes and open your heart and, and listen. And I really felt like the Lord said, you got to stand up and like hold hands and pray. And I was like, oh, it's COVID. Like nobody's going to want to do this. This is terrible. And it wasn't terrible. It was amazing. Oh, and, um, and, and I think about this, I'm probably going to start crying a little bit, but like Mary Graham, for those of you who don't know Mary Graham, she was in our church, a faithful woman, and she, and she, and she passed away of cancer in this fall. And I just remember like, I, like I got to hold her hand and pray for her. Yeah. Like uh, one of many times, but that time in particular is like a time that we, when I get to heaven and we get to see each other again, like I will celebrate that moment. That is, and that was a gift from the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. And so anyway. I know I've, I've had Sundays. Where I'll just say something, and, and again, part of the job of the preacher, teacher, whoever's up there, is it's not just delivering a message, it's also trying to pay attention to what the Holy Spirit's doing. Same as in worship. Yeah. And I've had things where even in my message... Which I'll, I think is I'll, harder. Oh, yeah. It's, it has its own set of challenges, that's for sure. Yeah. But I've had ones where I'll, I'll say something, and I don't even know why I'm saying it. And someone comes up to me like, Were you, that, that thing, mm-hmm. that thing that I was a cast off sentence yeah. for me. Yeah, that was just something that I wasn't even aware, and God used it. and And here's I think the beauty of that is you don't know how the Holy Spirit's going to move. Amen. And and it's not about your intelligence. In fact, and I've joked about this before. The times that I think a message is the best is usually when it's like meh, and the times that I think a message was horrible is when I've had people like, man, God really used that because it wasn't about it wasn't about my skill set. Yeah. Like there's there are certain skill sets and it's more about what God does. Now this goes back we did talk about some of the unhealthiness and one of the things that's important to remember is that the church is divided about the Holy Spirit but it doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit is divisive. In fact, the Holy Spirit doesn't cause division. People do. And that can help you discern. Yeah. If it's the if Holy it's Spirit, from the Spirit or right? not. Is we this causing division? That. In the, in the church, in the, the, the yeah. Holy Spirit will divide us from the world. I mean, that's sure, the yeah, sinful sure. nature. But, but when churches get divided over silly things, and we'll use God's name. Yeah. Um, Jesus himself, I mean, think about this. It's not blasphemy of Jesus that is the unforgivable sin. It's blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. And, and there's a big discussion about what that all means. The gist of it is, is blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is saying that what is from God is actually from Satan. That's actually what blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is, as Jesus defines it. It's because they were saying Jesus was not actually from God. He was from the devil. Yeah. And that's the unforgivable sin. It's not saying the Lord's name in vain. But the reason is, it's because it's the Holy Spirit who affirms that, the, that Jesus is Lord. That's what 1 Corinthians says. And so if you then go in and say, well, Jesus is from the devil, you are blaspheming the work and the word of the Holy Spirit in the life of the person. It's not a one-time thing. It's a lifetime thing. And... And sadly, I think sometimes the reason why we get such a hard time around the Holy Spirit as well is some people, we get legalistic about some weird things. We take something that is beautiful and is necessary for the Christian life. We make it essential uh, in our salvation in a way that it's not meant to be, particularly around the gift of tongues. Now, if you're listening, if you're like, Jason, what's the gift of tongues? Short answer is this. It starts in Acts chapter 2, where you see that all these men, these Jewish leaders, Peter, 
are in the temple, and there's people from all over the region who speak different dialects, different languages, and they preach the gospel, and everybody understands it in their own tongue. And it's called the tongues of fire. And then Paul talks about the gift of tongues. And, and there's basically the idea is, is that God will use tongues prophetically, but also the goal of the tongue is actually for the unbeliever, not the believer, so that an unbeliever comes in and they're like, oh my gosh. And, and the way that I understand it is in proper tongues is there has to be an interpreter. And that interpreter could be an actual language, um, but it could also be something from the Lord that it's meant that a non-believer comes in and also like this, this Lord must be real. Yeah. And then you have what's called prayer language, which usually we call tongues, which actually isn't the biblical definition of tongues. And a prayer language is, and if you've ever been to a charismatic or Pentecostal church, when everybody starts speaking in weird languages that you don't understand, if there's not an interpreter, it's not actually a tongue, at least not the way Paul describes it. I think it flows more in the prayer language. Prayer language is an utterance between you and the Lord. It's unintelligible. It's unintelligible. It goes not back. gibberish. That's rude. But yeah. unintelligible. Well, I mean, we yeah. used to joke, and I, and I don't say this. I'm not meaning to be rude about no. this, but we used to joke. If you want to speak in tongues, just say, I should have bought a Hana, but I bought a Mitsubishi. <laughs> and there is a really popular TikTok that's going around about a guy that had an experience, and he was trying to do tongues, but wasn't truly speaking it. And so he was just saying over and over, Shamala, Hamala. Yeah. So. And, but here's why we say that is because we, if you've had experience with it, Sometimes that can turn people off. You know, I've been at churches where they'll say, well, if you want to speak in tongues, just start making noise. And they'll try and force you mm-hmm. to speak in tongues. And I don't think that's what Paul's talking about. And again, I don't. the goal is not to get into a disagreement on that. I think what we have to realize is that the Holy Spirit doesn't cause division. Yeah. And when, the, when we say something is from the Holy Spirit and it's causing division in the church, it's not from the Holy Spirit. And that doesn't mean we can't be divided around theologies, but as long as we're united in Christ. And there's a difference between not agreeing on something and being divided yeah. on something. Because yeah. division means we don't, we're not in fellowship. There are things that we don't have to agree on. We're yeah. not divided. Well, it doesn't scripture say that gifts of the Spirit are meant to uh, build up one another, yeah. not to tear mm-hmm. one another down. So if you're giving, if you're using the gift of knowledge, say you're receiving a word from God or the Holy Spirit, you're receiving tongues, and you're using that to tear That's someone down. Destroying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or to tear down a church. Or tear down a church. Or to tear down yourself. Mm-hmm. Or yourself. Yeah. Amen. Like, and that, that's so, and I think that's the, a lot of our unhealthiness that we've seen is because we've become divided around something that was meant to unite us. Yeah. And there's beauty and division. So when I look at you three, we're not the same people. We have differences. We have different beliefs around certain things, but we're united in our love for Jesus. And I think this is ultimately what the Spirit does. The Spirit brings us together. And Oh, we talked about this earlier in Galatians when it talks about the manifold wisdom of God and that it's this multicolored temple Mm -hmm. that is every brick is different. They're different, but they're not divided. They're still united. And they still form and construct for one purpose. That's right. And and sadly, that hasn't happened in the church. The other part is we move into second-class citizenship where somehow if you don't have a certain gift, so I dated this girl. I was asked to lead worship at this. Um, it was a Pentecostal conference. And I asked my girlfriend at the time, her name was Kara. I said, hey, and she had a much better voice than me. She said, you want to know the best way to sound good? I'll put other people who are way better than you around you. You always yeah. sound and look better. Yeah. So we're leading worship. And it's, there's several hundred kids at this. It's a youth conference. And beforehand, we go into the room and there's like 50, 60 leaders in this room. And uh, Kara and I are holding hands. I think I was like 19 at the time. And uh, it's weird to think about 
Because I only see you with Lisa. I know. Isn't that weird? Yeah. It's it's a weird <laughs> thought. And Kara has an absolutely beautiful voice. She's actually married to a friend of mine. Uh, and he's a pastor as well. And so we're sitting at this. She's got a type. She's yeah, definitely not short Irish guys. <laughs> and so uh, the the pastor, my friend goes, hey, let's all pray. And they all start speaking in tongues all at the same time. And Kara squeezes my hand and she's like, and I look over and her eyes are like the size of saucers. And she's like, and she mouths, I need out of here. Like she wants, Aww. it was freaking her out. Yeah. And we get done and, and we go and lead worship and the worship was great. And they were super expressive. But in that moment, for her, that situation didn't bring her closer to Christ. Yeah, actually freaked her out. <laughs> <laughs> mm. and, and I think here's the thing is that we just had, we had the, uh, the uh, revival? revival a few months ago. And there was some division around that. That doesn't mean God didn't do good things, right. but there were some things that were hard for some of our people. I had people who asked, why did we do this? This doesn't fit Zion. Well, because my heart and desire is we need to learn to be around and in fellowship with people who aren't all who like aren't. us. Yeah. And and while there were some parts of that that were strange and even some parts that personally I didn't agree with, God still moved in it. Mm -hmm. And how do we learn to be united? Yes. Even yeah, in our different. differences. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I think that's what the kingdom of God is supposed to be. And that's ultimately the work of the spirit. But if we say, well, I'm only going to hang out with other people who do what I do, including the charismatic, we only hang out with charismatic yeah. people, or we only hang out with people that don't. We're not actually living that. All right. There's no growth. Paul, Paul goes in, and, and we're coming to the end of the podcast here, but a lot of this is about the Spirit. But he talks about this walking by the Spirit. And the idea of the walk is that Jews walked everywhere. Only, only rich people had horses. Or still to this day, I feel like that's true. No, that's true. You're either a cowboy or you're rich. Those yeah. are the people who have horses now, right? But they had horses or donkeys. They maybe had carts, but most people had to walk everywhere. The amount of places that Paul had to walk. I mean, it was ridiculous how much Paul walked. He had thick calves. Thick, yeah, thick face, calves. <laughs> by the end of his life, his face was ugly because he had been stoned so many times. Yeah. But imagine his feet. His feet were all ganky, <laughs> janked up. Yeah. <laughs> but the idea of walking is that you walked everywhere. And it was the routes that you took. It was the way you conducted your life. And it's uh, Paul purposely didn't use... When he didn't use, he didn't say the life by the Spirit, he purposely used the word walk. Mm. Because walking was a metaphor for everything life. that it was life. Mm -hmm. And in fact, it's more than life because it's also how you conduct yourself. It's, yeah, it's doing. When you think about walking in the Holy Spirit, what, is that, what does that look like for you? How, do you? how do you know when you're walking in step with the Spirit? And again, I think this might be different and similar. There are some things that are the same, but. It might feel different for each of us. I what? feel like, oh, so go ahead. Yeah. I feel like the, the Holy Spirit for me, um, still pretty new to my faith, still pretty new to my um, ministry that I'm doing. I feel like the Holy Spirit is constantly bumpers for me, mm. constantly keeping my eyes fixed on Jesus and what he's called me to do, that mission to go out and create more disciples and to, to spread the good news of what he's done in my life. You know, you said that something about in your message um, about <coughs> the whole point of everything is what Jesus has done. And that's what that's what keeps us 
right. Yeah. You know, and I think the Holy Spirit is constantly like, come on, Kate, like bumping me back and forth, getting me back on track, keeping me on track, slowly and constantly affirming me that like, no, this was right. And then there's no shame in the conviction of the Holy Spirit when it's yeah. like, oh, that was wrong. That fell a little short. And the Holy Spirit convicts me and puts me right back in the comfort of Christ. Yeah, so yeah, I loved good. that. I loved when you said that in your message. And it was like, yes, that is walking in the Spirit where I'm, I'm on a path like a blind man. I'm on the path with a lamp to my feet, not a floodlight. Yeah. And I'm not sure where I'm going. You can only see the yeah. next right thing. Right. It's like, what's the next right move? And the Holy Spirit knows exactly where I'm going, what I'm doing. And is my is my guide, my comforter, my counselor, my advocate. He's fighting for me to be like, no, this girl, she's got it. Yeah. Come back. You're, she's good. She's good. You know what I like about that is when the illustration of that lamp in front of mm-hmm. you is that when you step off, the reason why you stepped off is you started focusing ahead of the uh-huh. light. Yes. Instead of where the light was. And, and I think that's part of what we do is we try well, to get ahead of the Holy Spirit. And, the, and think of this. I just listened to this the other, someone said this the other day. Think about it if we could see so far ahead. We would actually get distracted oh, yeah. with what we need to do right now. And and potentially we could be a blinder for other people. Yeah. Like we could cause Or problems. like Abraham and Sarah and take it into your own hands. I know yeah. Yeah, that's right. I know it's going to happen. You know, so I'm just going to do my own it's thing. It's like driving. You can, you're, they're equally dangerous. You can have one danger where you're so focused okay. on ahead, you uh-huh. don't pay attention. You yeah. have other people who are so busy looking behind. Yeah. And sometimes you, I think we have to do all those things, but yeah. the Holy Spirit reminds us, no, one foot, one foot. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yeah. I was just going to share this. So this summer, I I have a a friend and she was telling me about a book she was reading. And it was really this idea that um, in most religions, there's like an action item that they do. Like, and so, and then really in Christianity, there really isn't. And so this author was making the case that actually our thing is walking. And so, and then that was, she was reading that and simultaneously I was reading something else and there was a comment about three mile an hour God. And it's really this idea that God walks three miles an hour because that's the pace that an average human walks. And so, so it was really fun that she was, she was reading that and I was reading that and then it was like happening at the same time. And so I'm heading on vacation and on vacation, I get to like read and dream and I really do try to be free. And so I love to walk on vacation. And so I was intentionally walking with the purpose of walking. What would three miles an hour be like? What would it be like to actually go slow? Not walking to work out, not walking to get sweaty. Like it is actually painfully slow. It's a borderline mosey. It's it's my ADHD cannot handle it. But I'm telling you, I experienced God in such a fresh way because I was able to see people. I was able to see creation. I was able to stop. And like, I remember this one time I was walking by bushes. This sounds so weird, but I was like, I put my hand up and was like, just feeling the leaves and like just being able to be in God's presence in that capacity. And so when we say walk, I think I'll like, that's what I think of. I was just like, wow, you're right next to me as I'm moving along. Yeah. So there's, uh, you know, one of the things that I, I like about that whole understanding of Holy Spirit slows us down. Holy Spirit points us to Jesus as we were talking the image that came to mind was like a mirror. The Holy Spirit is a mirror who was constantly pointing us back to Jesus. And every time I go to look at the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit doesn't say, look at me, look me. at me, look at me. He's always reflecting me back to Jesus, yeah. which is why when the Holy Spirit is working in me, who am I ultimately always reflecting? Jesus walked everywhere. He slowed down. There's the story of blind Bartimaeus. And everybody else is you know, busy. Jesus is busy on his way to Jerusalem to be crucified. Nobody knows that but him. And blind Bartimaeus says, uh, 
uh, son of David, heal me. And he cries out, right? Have mercy on me, O son of God. And uh, everybody else, the disciples, hey, leave him alone. Jesus is busy. And Jesus slows down. And sometimes what it means is the Holy Spirit, we always think of the Holy Spirit as giving us a future vision. But what if part of the role of the Holy Spirit is to slow us down long enough to see people right now? Yeah, yeah. the present. Amen. Uh, on that, one of the times I was walking that I was sharing about, I saw a woman and she was, um, she had broken her arm, I think. Her arm was in a cast and she was sitting on um, on a, a chair, but the chair was so low to the ground that she couldn't get up. And so I saw her struggling and um, and I just felt like I needed to go ask her if she needed help. And she wasn't by herself. She had a husband there. like, And I just, I asked her like, do you need help? And she said, yes. Mm-hmm. And even in that moment, like God taught me something of like, How often, A, we don't see people who need help and how often we don't receive their help. And I was, and and so it's like, just because I chose to slow down for 20 minutes that day, so. And and I think it's a good challenge for us in ministry. I mean, all four of us here on this table are in full-time ministry and we can get so caught up in doing our ministry that maybe we've left the Holy Spirit behind in those slow, those slow down moments where he's like, no, I just want you to pay attention right now. Yeah. Well, and I want to end with this and then, because we're coming up on our hour, but Ultimately, the Holy Spirit goes back to last week as it's faith expressing itself in love. The Holy Spirit is always going to point us toward loving. And loving doesn't mean that we don't say hard things. It's hard things in love. But I think it's a good pause that if I'm if I'm doing or saying something and it's not pointing to love, pointing people to Jesus, if it's not constructive, then I'm actually not walking in the Spirit. I'm walking in the flesh. And next week, we're actually going to get into what the acts of the flesh are and how contrary they are. Next week, we're going to get into the fruit of the Spirit and how we, how yeah, how well, but also how we misunderstand. We think the fruit of the Spirit is like a banana is patience and the apple is, you know, no, it's one fruit. It's one tree that produces this. Um, here's the thing. I think we're going to continue to have ongoing conversations and the next several weeks are going to be interesting because even when we get to Galatians 6 with Jennifer, you're going to be preaching on the first part of Galatians 6. It's still about the Spirit. We put a chapter division, so as if all of a sudden we're not talking about the Spirit anymore, and yet the Spirit is still present in everything from five on. Actually, the whole thing is about the Spirit, but now Paul has opened our eyes to see how the Spirit works through all of this. And I I think it's gonna be uh, interesting because this year we're also gonna be studying Ephesians, and Ephesians talks all about the Spirit. I think this whole idea of belonging, which is our theme for the year, starts with the Spirit. Yeah starts with understanding that. Well, hey, thank you so much for tuning in. If you found this helpful, do me a favor, leave a comment, share it with a friend. Uh, I'm Jason. I'm Kate. Sean. Jennifer. And uh, thanks for tuning in to the Breakthrough Breakdown and have an amazing and awesome day. I love you, Bob Goff. Oh, you did. did Hey, Bob Goff. Thank you for listening to the Breakthrough Breakdown, a Zion podcast. Make sure to follow us on Spotify, Apple Music, and check out the Zion app. Share this episode with your friends so they can tune in as well. We'll be back next Wednesday with another installment of the Breakthrough Breakdown.